Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Christmas Day, December 25th, 2015, on the basis of Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7. So the big day is finally here. Christmas has finally arrived. Have you already thought about what you're going to do tomorrow? I don't know about you, but activities like sleeping in and watching a little bit of football and maybe helping the kids play with some of their brand new toys, those kind of activities sound like a lot of fun to me. One activity that sounds like no fun at all is an activity that millions and millions of people will be doing tomorrow, the activity of going out and doing more shopping. You probably know that that the day after Christmas, especially when it falls on a Saturday like it does this year, ranks right up there with Black Friday and Cyber Monday as one of the busiest shopping days of the year. Not only are there all kinds of great deals to be had, but of course so many people want to take those wonderful, thoughtful gifts that they got at Christmas and take them right back. Everything that's the wrong size and the wrong color and the wrong brand and the wrong model or just the wrong gift needs to be exchanged. So let me ask, would you ever dream of exchanging the gift that God gives you at Christmas? Sounds like a silly question to ask, right? Especially of people who are here in church on Christmas morning. None of us would ever look at the gift God gives and say, thanks for the thought, but no thanks. You can, you can take Jesus back. But if Jesus isn't the kind of gift that we would ever dream of exchanging, is it possible that Jesus can easily become the type of gift that we open up and enjoy and appreciate and say thank you for, but that quickly ends up back on the shelf doing nothing for us other than collecting dust? In other words, come tomorrow, what good will the gift that God gives you today be doing for you? In other words, what does Christmas really change? That's the question we're going to be talking about today as we look at these words from Paul's letter to the Galatians. And yet before we do, I feel like I need to give you some fair warning. You see, Christmas Eve is all about silent night and candlelight and the angels and the shepherds and the baby sleeping while the cattle are lowing and everything about Christmas that sort of makes you go, aw. Christmas Day is a little different. Christmas Day is sort of like a look underneath the hood. Not all things cute and cuddly, but all things deep and mysterious and profound. Sort of all the things about Christmas that make you scratch your, se- scratch your head and say, huh, But hopefully as we experience some of that depth of Christmas Day, it doesn't feel like you're at the very bottom of the deep end of the swimming pool with only marginal swimming skills able to help you out. Hopefully it feels more like what you experience when you get to the very bottom of a delicious cup of hot chocolate. Every single sip is good, but that last one, the one at the very bottom, is the best, right? When you get to all of the chocolate that hasn't quite mixed in with the water, Every single sip is good, but what's at the bottom is best. That's what we get on Christmas Day. So here we go. What has Christmas really changed? Paul starts out by saying, When the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, 
born of a woman, born under the law. And right away, it seems as though we have our answer. Christmas seems to change all kinds of things for God's Son, for Jesus. God's Son becomes all kinds of things that He was not before. God's Son becomes a human being. He who was a spirit takes on flesh and blood. He who was eternal and is eternal, no beginning, no end, suddenly has a birthday and an age. He who fills heaven and earth suddenly has a body and a location and a hometown and a bed where he lays his head. He who feeds the fish and the birds and also you and me depends on his mother for milk. At Christmas, it seems as though all kinds of things change for God's son. God's son becomes Mary's son. And if that's already a little bit difficult for us to process, we're going to take it even a little bit deeper than that. You see, on on Christmas, in spite of the fact that there are all kinds of new things that are now true of God's Son, all of the old things that were true of God's Son are still no less true. So even though God's Son now has a birthday and an age, He still is eternal. No beginning, no end. Even though he now is this weak and helpless baby, he's still the almighty son of God who keeps the planets in their orbits and keeps the stars in their places. Even though God's son now has flesh and blood, a real human body just like you and I do, he is still able to be present everywhere. Which, by the way, is the only reason we can trust that he is present, his body and blood with us today as we celebrate Holy Communion. Somehow, God's Son was able to become a human being in every single way without becoming any less God. A little bit deep, right? Okay, so why is that depth not the scary deep end of the swimming pool? And why is it the bottom of that delicious cup of hot chocolate. Well, let's think about this for a minute. If on Christmas, in Jesus, divinity and humanity were joined as one, and if in that union, divinity was not changed one bit, what's left to change? And that's exactly what Paul goes on to say. That God's Son was born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those who lived all their lives under the law. That we might receive adoption to sonship. If God's Son was able to become a human being without becoming God in any less way than He was before, then, then all of the change, all of the change happens us. God's Son became one of us that we might become sons and daughters of God. So come tomorrow and every day thereafter for that matter, you have the opportunity to make a wonderful, wonderful exchange. Where are you going to find the the acceptance, the approval, the validation that By nature, we as human beings so desperately crave. 
Well, you could put God's gift of Jesus on the shelf. And you could look for approval and validation in your own performance, in your own accomplishments, in your own achievements, in your own appearance, in your own behavior. And you can keep looking into that mirror and being disappointed. Or you can make an exchange. And you can find unconditional approval and validation from being a child of God. Knowing that Jesus' perfect performance underneath God's law is now given to you as a free gift. Knowing that when God looks at you, there is nothing that needs to be taken care of, nothing more that needs to be done or proven. That He is as proud of you as you are when Little Junior hits a home run in Little League and as pleased with you as when your little girl brings home straight A's from school. Come tomorrow, where are you going to find the acceptance and the belonging and the family and community that all of us by nature so desperately crave? Well, you could look for it in, in a group of friends, a group of your peers. You could look for it in romantic relationships. You could look for it in your close friends and close family members. And of course, as much, of, as, much as all of those things can be blessings, you will continually be disappointed by members of all of those groups. Or you can make an exchange and realize the community, the family, the acceptance and the belonging that you have as a child of God. That because of Christmas, you can call Jesus your brother and he is proud to call you his. That you can realize that you are part of a remarkable family all those not only in this room but worldwide who put their trust in Jesus. And that one day you can look forward to an incredible family reunion. One that will even include those family members that you've already had to say goodbye to. So go ahead and make that exchange too. Come tomorrow, where are you going to find the joy and the thrill and the pleasure that we as human beings so desperately crave? Well, you could put Jesus on the shelf. And you could look for those things in worldly wealth. You could look for those things by resuming your endless pursuit of the latest and greatest toys and gadgets. You could look for those thrills in everything that the world offers you at the bottom of the pint glass or in the images that you can pull up on your computer screen. And you can watch as today's thrill becomes tomorrow's bore and as today's treasure becomes tomorrow's trash. Or you can make an exchange. And you can find all the joy, all the thrill, all the pleasure in the world in the inheritance that is lined up for you. The inheritance that God has already written into his infinite will that has your name on it. An inheritance whose thrill, whose joy, whose pleasure will never perish, spoil, or fade. Go ahead and make that exchange. You know, in just a second here, we're going to speak together a very ancient statement of faith called the Athanasian Creed. And the authors of that creed described what we're talking about this morning this way. They said, God's Son became man, not by changing the deity into flesh, 
but by taking the humanity into God. Friends, God's Son took upon Himself and took into His divinity the very essence of our humanity. And because He did, everything that He is, you now are. Everything that He has done, you have done. Where He has gone, you will go. That's the exchange that God offers you at Christmas. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty sweet deal to me. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.